Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Centric Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with Phil uh, uh, on being a creative uh, filmmaker as well as the struggles of being a creative. So, welcome, Phil. Can you introduce yourself? Hey, so I'm Phil. As you mentioned, pretty good. Uh, my actual name is Philippe, so I'm French-Canadian from Montreal, so if there's an accent, that's why. And I am a photographer, wannabe filmmaker, and podcaster. I just love talking and sharing stories. Cool. So, uh, before we continue, make sure you go out Phil's podcast, uh, Just Share It, and also f- uh, there will be a link in the description to follow his Twitter at StoryByPhil, as well as Instagram. Dude, that's dope. Thank you. Yeah, so I want to start the discussion by talking about filmmaking, specifically the process of uh, creating a film from start to finish. So can you uh, break down your latest film, which was uh, the Moment Invitational film? Uh, yeah, sure, and it's actually a great moment right now because uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, announcement from Musicbed, but they're doing their own uh, like filmmaking challenge, yeah, which is a film in thirty days, which I'm really freaking excited. Um, oh, and before we go on, am I allowed to swear here or not? Uh, we try to keep it clean. Okay, well, but... I'll try to keep it clean. I'll have it in mind. So yeah, so I'm really just freaking happy about it. Uh, challenges like that are definitely something I'm really drawn to. Um, especially that when it comes to something like Moment, the atmosphere of a festival, like a film festival, felt really motivating. And if I'm being truly honest with you, I did not want to do a film first. Uh, When it got released, I was talking with Patrick, uh, you know him, Patrick Tommaso. And I just did not feel I could do it. Uh, as I said, I, for now, I still describe myself as an aspirant, you know, a wannabe filmmaker as I barely just started, uh, but I love the medium. I think I have good story ideas, but it's the execution. It still needs a lot of work. And so when the moment came in, I was like, okay, it's such a short period of time. They give you like, what, two, three weeks, I think we had. Uh, I think, yeah, it was around a month. Yeah, like around a month, like not, not not a long time. And so the challenge part was like, okay, cool. That's that's really interesting. And as the classic, the thing that you should never do is I started comparing myself. I started looking at the people who were saying, oh, I'm going to make a movie for this. Oh, I'm going to make one. And I was like, oh, my God, these guys are like really good. And I'm going <laughs> against these. Like, why am I even doing? Why am I even trying? I'm not going to win. Uh, and that's one of my problems. And it's I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that are like me like that, where if I want to try something, I expect to win it, or at least I want to. Uh, yeah. And if and yeah, that's the thing. And if I feel like I'm not, or I don't have even a chance of winning, I don't want to do it. Uh, it's my competitive nature for sure. But talking with Patrick really helped me. He said, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter because just just do it and like at the end of the day you're gonna be proud that you did that like it doesn't matter and he was right um i'm really really happy i gave it a try especially that it was uh moment is a phone festival so it had to be shot on entirely a smartphone and i felt like 
this format made it a, a little bit less intimidating because uh, you we're all used to or using our phone to do videos and it doesn't have to be like you know films and stuff but we're a lot more used to the phone it, it doesn't scream uh a level of professionalism that's as big as if you were shooting with a red yeah like, obviously that's the thing you don't have the same expectations as soon as you pick it up in your hands you're not like oh my god i need to make something freaking awesome because i'm holding a red as when it's a phone you you kind of lower your standards even though you shouldn't but it's yeah. you know we naturally do this so moment for me was not a typical way of doing a film because like I said, I did not want to do it at first. I wasn't sure. So I actually uh, wrote the story and shot, edited everything in a week because, wow. because I, I like didn't want to do it until the last week. I was like, no, I'm not doing it and I'm not doing it. And the idea kept coming back. I was like, ah, oh, that's it felt like I would have regretted something. So I said, ah, oh, come on, I'll do it. And it was really hard to do a script. I have to say I'm someone who's like, uh, if talking about my podcast, I mostly don't script anything. I'll have like keynotes and key things I know I want to talk about, but I, I don't script because it's really, really hard for me to stick to a script because I'm, I'm really all over the place. I'm the complete opposite. Like, Right as we're talking, mm -hmm. I have this big script. I have all my uh, ideas and stuff right here. Like I cannot go off script whatsoever. That's that's interesting because I know that at some part I need to learn a bit more. Like uh, the episode, the next episode is going to be a lot more scripted than what I'm used to do because uh, I have this thing where every time I have any uh, facts, anything that's really that needs to be clear or a message that's going to be a bit more. Uh, uh, I'd say controversial, something that like it's an issue that's going to bring emotion out of people. That yeah. that I'll try to be a more scripted because I want to make sure that the message I wanted is exactly that, um, which is a bit what I had to do for the voiceover. This is this is the part that I will script for sure. That I I yeah. really love doing this format, uh, which is how my moment film was. It was mainly a uh, I could say kind of vlogumentary so like a mix of vlog and documentary footage and mm -hmm. it was a voiceover on top of it that was scripted uh, kind of telling my own story and this format was not only because it was easier technically to do like honestly it was part of that I don't have uh, any audio equipment really except uh, the mic that I'm speaking now which is uh, the blue microphone so mm -hmm. unless on I have no that's not true I have the Rode Micro that's like the two audio things I have uh and that's it so shooting good audio is kind of hard for me right now if especially if the subject is myself because uh, I, I cannot get too close because well I had I need to get the shot right yeah. so that was the the kind of the challenge for me doing this film was I knew I wanted the sound I know how sound is is important I'm someone who's really going to pay attention to it. And I, I'm, I'm really a sound design lover. I, I, I recognize it in, instantly. But to do it myself was really, really hard, uh, which is why when it came to having dialogue, I was like, I'll, I'll have to do a voiceover because recording dialogue as I'm recording uh, footage was a lot more challenging, especially that at the time I was like, okay, I have a week. Yeah. So you have to, <laughs> that's, that's where I think one of my strengths is becoming creative 
uh, not only in terms of story and like ideas, it's being creative in how will I solve this problem with what I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about your film. So your film uh, was about you talking about your uh, past career, I would say. You were a runner, right? Yes, I was uh, a track and field runner. And I, it's, it's great that you mentioned it because this story is something that I might choose to uh, push on for the mu- music bed challenge. Uh, because when I thought about this idea, it's something that honestly I would have seen that could have been 25 to 30 minutes because it, it has so much more than what the film shown. Uh, so the film is like, because it was required to be under two minutes, if I remember, three minutes? Yeah, two or three minutes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, three. I think it was three minutes. So whatever, it was required to be kind of short. And this topic for me means more than just the fact that it's, you know, the sports related type where you have, you know, the classic uh, sports hero story. It it was more than uh, three years now, almost four years ago, no, three years, whatever, about three and a half years ago, I had to quit the track and field world, at least competitively uh, because of injuries. My, and that's this event sparked a lot of mental issues and overall I just felt I felt into a depression at the time and it was really hard and it was something that unless you live to become a professional athlete it's really hard to explain it to someone else and that was the part which were was really hard to live with because it was impossible to get the message across to someone that not only did you lose a dream, but I also lost a way of living. And that's what I wanted to talk about in, in the short time I had, because how I got out of that slump, how I decided to move forward, uh, it was it happened kind of randomly, but I started shooting pictures. And like, I, this is why I, uh, I think you saw it on my Instagram, actually, the, the tattoo I yeah. got recently. So there's, yeah. there's a semicolon, which is, in, in grammar, when you use a semicolon, it's the writer decided to pursue a sentence that could have ended. And it's a metaphor mm-hmm. with my own life where I felt really, really bad to the point where I did not want to go on living. And I decided that, no, I think I want to continue. I think I have things to do. And photography and creativity really kind of saved me in a way because it was something that gave me joy at a time where nothing did. So that's why that this movie in particular, I feel like photography, filmmaking, and anything creative, I feel like a lot of people started this as a way to heal themselves. And I, I hope that this movie eventually that I'll be able to finish will do that to people. And hopefully you will, because this is story, like what you're telling right now, is much more in depth than what two or three minutes could have gotten. Yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, there's there's a lot that I'm trying like, right now. Uh, I'm trying to talk with my past coach and my high school uh, teachers who knew that I wanted to run, and they kind of you know helped a bit and they were really supportive. I'm trying to get them to be in the, the movie. Uh, so when can we expect a release date? That's the thing that I am now that the challenge of music bed is out. I'm like, should I do that for that? Do I have enough time? 
uh, that's going to be actually this weekend is my plan of like, is it possible to do that? At least a maybe a condensed version um, of the whole story. Or maybe if I do like it could be in, in episode one or something like that, uh, like a pilot. So I'm trying to see if I could do that for Music Bed Challenge because right now it's it's such a thing that kept that keeps coming back every time I, I think about movies I want to do this one keeps coming back in terms of how much I want to make that happen so I'm like maybe I'll actually try to do it for the music by challenge as a pilot like a smaller thing because uh, I read and it can be up to 10 minutes yeah so I'll if I can do that a smaller one for that I'll try it otherwise it's going to be uh, this year it's, it's for this year but I, it's unsure whether or not I can I can say like a month or so oh cool uh, I'm actually really excited for this one dude it's dope yeah uh, while we're on the topic what how was moment invita- uh, invitational as since you went to it uh, amazing uh, that was also a pure uh, impulsivity moment of because uh, safe solvent uh, which is uh, Martin Reich Yep. who's also a filmmaker and a friend of mine, and he's actually from Montreal too. Uh, yep. So he helped me with the moment film, and I helped him uh, a bit, and we're like, okay, cool. So we're talking, and they were, he when he got selected, obviously he got the flight paid and everything, so he was already there. And then Patrick said, oh, I'm going with, sorry, I'm going, I'm going with Fran. So I said, oh, that's getting interesting. And I knew the the quality of people that would be there, people yep. people like Jesse Driftwood, uh, Chris Howe, Lizzie Pierce, uh, Mango Street. And I was like, it's really a nice opportunity to be in a room with these people, and at yep. three six eight. It, it's it's what a, I have to say that was a kind of a small milestone that I wanted to achieve. I don't care if like currently three six eight is a bit in shambles. Like it doesn't do much. It's a weird place. But, yeah. <laughs> like, but uh, it still represented something bigger in in, sen- in a sense. It represented yeah. uh, more Casey than anything else, and that was like the thing. Oh, I'm I was at the space that Casey built, uh, which was like mm-hmm. a big thing for me, and. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Uh, I was there for twenty four hours in New York. That's it. I I left the Friday night at eleven p.m. Arrived at six a.m. in New York. Uh, the event was a Saturday night, and uh, like during the day, I just shot around and I discovered the city. Uh, I just like went out to eat dumplings and stuff. I was part of the city more than anything. I just like didn't do much. Um, surprisingly, I didn't feel like shooting that much, uh, except like the morning. Like the all pictures that you've been seeing of me uh, of New York that I took from that trip yeah. uh, was literally the first hour that I arrived in New York. That's it. After that, I didn't shoot. Wow. Because uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, because it, it just. When I arrived, the mood was amazing. It was like so moody, Gotham-like. And I was like, that's exactly what I want. And then after I was, it had been so long I had been in New York that I was like, I just want to be there. I just want to like eat food that's local. I just want to explore and be part of the city itself. And that's what I did. And the event itself, 
uh, was freaking amazing. Uh, it was also the time that I got to meet Patrick Tommaso in real life for the first time. Oh, did, didn't you like have a surprise thing where you came to Toronto on his birthday? That's, that's, that happened after that happened actually recently. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that was the first time ever that I met him and it was a weird connection because, well, you know, Patrick, he's really, he's really a yeah. great guy. He's really funny as well. And, uh, we talked almost daily, uh, for a couple of months before leading to this event. So when we got to meet, it was like we knew each other already, so, but it was fun. That's the part that was really nice. And uh, yeah, it was just a bunch of meeting cool people and celebrating art more than anything else. And I have to mm -hmm. say that the people that I knew were going to be amazing to meet, uh, but in person was uh, impressive how good humans these two are was Niles and Caleb. Yeah, they are totally amazing agree. humans. Uh, Taylor as well, uh, which is what you see on camera, like the way they are, that they're a bit shy, a bit uh, quirky and big family is really how they act at all times. Yeah, I totally feel you. Um, like a few months back, I think it was in January, uh, Chris Howe and Lizzie Pierce uh, had like this Google Pixel meetup thing mm -hmm. uh, down at downtown Toronto, actually. And basically we just spent like two hours going around yeah, i think uh, i saw that yeah it was so like the way they act on camera like reflects how they are in real life they were super they were super nice and that's that's the thing that was really nice uh to be at such an event is like yeah and i had also a long conversation with the guys at music bed actually uh i spent a lot of the time there at 368 talking with uh one of the marketing guys of three of uh, music bed Mm -hmm. And we were talking how weird it is because when you think about celebrities such as like, I don't know, uh, Jay-Z or like Eminem, like big people that are so out of reach, yeah. you meeting those people is a lot different because you don't know much about them. You're just like, okay, they're amazing. That's cool. But when you meet a YouTuber that's famous you know so much about their lives and yeah. they, they kind of talk to you as well. So you have a weird connection of like, like the best example was like, it's weird that if I, I'd come up to someone like Peter or Chris Ao, that I could literally say, I, I saw what you ate yesterday. Yeah. That's a weird, that's really weird to have a conversation about yeah, it's, that. It's it's yeah. It's really a one-sided conversation. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the fact that you know so much about them, and I feel like as soon as you start sharing on social media uh, or any form of creativity, you you become part of their world. So it becomes this weird yeah. interaction where you're like, I don't want to seem like a creep, but I know a lot about your life. Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh yeah, but it was fun to be that. Like this is what I did like right away of uh like when I came to Rachel from um, Mango Street. I just told her, like, you know, I really like her tweets because I, I feel like she's really funny on Twitter. Uh, she's yeah. the one who manages the Mango Street Twitter as well. So, oh. so uh, all the sassiness, I, have, I feel like it's funny, especially coming from her. It's just, like, so small and, like, gentle uh, as a human being. But, like, on Twitter, she lets out her sass so much. <laughs> so I, I, felt, I, I felt like that's the type of thing that was funny. And it was just that. It was, like, a vibe of creative energy that was so overwhelming in a good way. Yeah. 
uh, on to the next segue. Let's talk about the hardships of being a creative. So, what are some of your like pet peeves of doing this job? Well, currently, it's it's well, yeah. Part of my job is that, um, but my biggest pet peeve is a few things. There's one that is purely because of where I am uh, in terms of where I live. There's a weird thing in Montreal where Montreal is a deeply creative city, deeply artistic city. We're known globally for that. And uh, yeah. anywhere, like right now, uh, I'm so goddamn excited because I've just watched E3. I'm a, also a gamer, uh, and I just watched a Nintendo presentation, which is amazing. And it's a, it's a part that, like, we're known worldwide for, like, because of Ubisoft and uh, other creative studios for video games. Yeah. And so... And poutine. Exactly. So people know that we're good. But we are in the province of Quebec. And that's the major hurdle. Because you'll have films like John Wick that was filmed in Montreal that some people were crew at this movie were from Montreal. But being in Quebec makes it so damn hard because... Uh, Quebec as a province is a bit late on most technology and most most stuff actually from about five to eight years. You take oh, well, I wouldn't say that. I I'd say it's like they're more controlled than the other provinces. No, not necessarily controlled. It's more that the the way of thinking is a bit different. One thing that was really, really, really hard and it's still really hard to break is people in Quebec don't believe in greatness. Uh, not that it doesn't exist, but they can't do it. Oh. It, it's it's a thing that was there for a long time because uh, the people from Quebec, especially French-Canadian, we were oppressed for a long time in our history. Uh, it, yeah. If you were French-Canadian, being in power of anything was just not an option. It was never going to happen for centuries. So when it happened, uh, like right now, that's that's no longer true. Like It changed. But people are, have so much trouble believing it. So when you're you're a creative and you're like, I want to make movies going to change the world. I want to make uh, something that's going to touch thousands of people. They're like, yeah, sure, go mm-hmm. go ahead. Like, and they, they don't believe it at all. So not having a lot of people that believe in visions is really really hard. It's one of the things that I'm so grateful that social media exists because I found people like you, like Patrick, and like uh, this, this pretty much our squid. So yeah, it's one of those things that I really love. And the other pet peeve which I have is the amount of people uh, that don't understand the reality of gear right now. Gear is amazing, but it should never be uh, your sole reason or sole hurdle for something. It should yeah. it should be a tool and not a medium. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem I have uh, a lot. Um, and I think every creator has this one where either you get asked what camera you use or how you did it. And you're like, uh, a great example is is Patrick actually in his last ep- episode of podcast talking about JPEG. If, oh, if yeah. something works, it works. You don't have to be ballistic about everything you do. Oh, uh, on that topic, I was actually going to ask... Uh, a rapid fire question mm-hmm. uh raw or jpeg i'm gonna say that raw uh for most of the times for me because uh i do Same. i do do quite a lot of color correction in pictures 
Yeah. Um, so that I know that that I noticed because I tried both. I tried both and I do enough that it's going to lose a bit of the, of the quality if I do it in JPEG. Because uh, mm-hmm. like if I shoot something with my phone, it's always in JPEG. I, don't, I, I hate shooting raw on a phone. I don't want to have to do all the setup and everything. I just want to take the default camera and shoot my picture. Oh, I'm the complete opposite. So my main cameras, or actually every photo that I post, mm-hmm. it's all captured on a phone. Like everything from the editing to the actual photo, it's like everything's on a phone. So like, you know, Light, Lightroom Mobile, right? Yeah, that's what I use. Yeah, so... The raw feature on that, that's what I mainly use. And occasionally Visco, but uh, Lightroom Mobile, the raw uh, photo from there is what I use. Okay. Because I, I, for video, sometimes I'll do it. Like uh, I'll use like the uh, flat profile from the Moment app, something yeah. like that. But when it comes to pictures, I, I just, I, I don't like the touch controls of uh, shooting a picture you know, manually on a phone. It's still something that I don't enjoy the, the the experience yet. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why, like, I'll go automatic, and I I don't care. Like, I'll the only thing I'll do in terms of like when I'm shooting is you know in the default app when you hold the the slider of like you can adjust mm-hmm. the exposure slider. That's that's yeah. the only thing I'll touch when I'm doing a picture in the default app, and then I'll edit on the uh, Lightroom mobile and like. But when it comes to like pictures, if I shoot with uh, my camera, I, I'll do raw because uh, if you look, I think I have actually an IGTV video on that where if you see how I use the HSL, I use it massively. And mm-hmm. HSL is definitely one part where in JPEG, it's really less accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's why I still do it in raw most of the times if it's a picture with my camera. But my phone, it works. But if I use my phone, I'll make sure to think about it before that I know I need to be more wary of the colors that will be in it because I cannot over adjust. Yeah. Um, which is, which, so I'd say that mostly raw, but JPEG for phone. Oh, uh, well, the thing is, uh, how do I say it? I think mainly the reason why people don't like shooting raw on phones is because of it being a 2D thing like with an actual camera you have like tactile feel mm-hmm. and stuff like that but like on a phone you're you're just using the screen yeah which is the experience is not the same it's i like having control for sure when it comes to video it's something that for sure i notice it right away and i'm like okay i'll do the extra work to actually do it in uh like moment or filmic pro i still need to learn more about filmic pro though but yeah i understand the idea because you see it right away but when it comes to a picture i'm like where is, sorry, where is this going to go? Yeah, That's always my first question. If I'm going to go for like Instagram, then I don't care as much. It's not the same uh, level. But if I know that a picture is going to be printed or something like that, then yeah, for sure, I'll, I'll, I'll go full on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just about all my questions. Uh, so thanks for coming on the show. It was my pleasure. I'm happy we got to talk. And uh, I'm really happy you're excited about the movie I'm thinking about doing. Yeah, uh, I we hope to see it and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, go Raptors. Yeah. Okay. We, before we <laughs> end it, we have to talk about ye- yesterday. Please. So, 
Today's June 11th. Uh, so, for reference, yesterday was game five. Yes. And we lost by one point. One freaking point. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, like, two minutes before, uh, um, like, you know, the game ended. It was like, we have no hope. And then, and then we just got the lead. And then everybody was so hyped. And then the last second, Curry uh, took that three. And then we were... We were losing by three again. Yep. Well, oh. honestly, I I feel like we got what we deserve in some way. I wish we would have won, but the yeah. first two quarters were very sloppy. That is true. So I'm like... It was very sloppy. It was very sloppy. And like there was a couple of rebounds that uh, happened. It was a couple of uh, turnovers, and it was not their mm-hmm. A game. So I'm like... And it was also a, a lot of uh, questionable referee calls <laughs> throughout the game. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, I would have been so damn happy if we would have won that one. But I hope that the next one is going to be a lot more fair and uh, commanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's <laughs> that was, yeah. But I was on my edge of my seat the whole time. I was freaking out. The the, the yeah, last same. minute was the longest minute ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's fun also with basketball is you don't need to be a big fan of the sport to understand the, the pressure or, like, the game itself, mm-hmm. and which is what I love, which is why that, like, even people that never, never watch basketball ever are watching it right now, this one, because they're, like, they can understand the stakes and they can see the amount of pressure <laughs> Yeah, which is really fun. Like this is my first time actually watching basketball. Like I do not like watching sports, but like the fact that our city for the first time ever is gonna get it's the championship. Not only that, but it's, it's like for Canadian, it's every Cana- Canadian is like yeah, exactly. freaking out. And it's the first time in about a hundred years that a Canadian was on the NBA finals. Yeah, like if we lose this, like oh, it's gonna crush everyone. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone's gonna be so damn sad. Oh, let's not think about it. We can do this. We have like three more yeah. chances. Uh, I think it was two. two. Yeah, it's yeah, two more, two more. So we can do this. Come on. Yeah. Actually, it depends. All right. Because if, if if they if it comes for like um, three three. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how we're it wor- screwed. I'm, I'm not sure how it works in um, basketball, but because uh, in. In hockey, when it playoffs, it's a also best of sevens. But if it, you come to uh, equalizer, uh, you have to go on another another one. Yeah, but if okay, so if the uh, Warriors win next game, it'll tie it up. So three three, yeah. and then and, that last game. And then the the last game. That's the thing in in hockey. If you get to that point. Uh, if if it's like I have to, I have to check it. Sometimes if, if there's an equalizer like that, if it if they win the other one because it was like one off the whole time, they have to win mm-hmm. another one because it was too close. If it was like just back and forth the whole time, so it, I'm not sure. Yeah, but <sighs> Raptors in six. Let's go. Raptors in six. Let's go. All right. Thanks for uh, listening and catch the Centric Podcast on the next episode. All right.